And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and this is uh, our New Year's Day program of Tell Me Your Story into our 15th year. And we are going to have uh, with us here on the program a woman who's been with us many times. I've spent some time with her working on uh, a song that I will play at the end of this program. I'm actually uh, putting that together as far as the video, but uh, you'll be able to hear it. And uh, I'll, I'll have some kind of visual for the YouTube viewers as well. Uh, Emily Yurchison is my uh, special guest, my co-host today for this um, bringing, uh, letting go of the old year and bringing in the new year. Uh, Emily, it is really a pleasure to have you with us here uh, on this program to um, kind of have a, have a conversation about not only uh, uh, saying goodbye to 2022, but saying hello to 2023. And also talking about the work that you've been doing this past year and and uh, some of the things people can look forward to in terms of the uh, elements uh, that you work with to help people in the, shall we say, the transitory parts of their lives uh, that more and more people, I think, are getting in touch with to begin living their life's purpose. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Richard. I am so grateful. Thank you for that introduction. I just love that. I love how you describe that. And my my spirit just gets so excited to be a part of it because I love that, that place of meeting people because they're so open and they're so vulnerable and they're so ready for change, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about today, right? The shifts we want to make as we move into this next new year of 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, I know a lot of people, they they tend to focus a lot on uh, numbers and patterns and this and that. I mean, I'm a big fan of numbers and patterns and so forth. Uh, 2022, if you, uh, if you break it down, you know, is actually a six. Uh, 2023, obviously, naturally would be a seven, you know, and some people will, you know, make something of that and others won't. He's like, what's the big deal? But I know a lot of people have really felt like in spite of the fact that we've been going through these processes of late for the last, we'll say now almost three years, that uh, 2022 has probably been, of those three years, has been, for them, the most challenging, Mm -hmm. uh, the most difficult, if you will. Uh, And and I will have to say that one of the more disheartening examples of that is is, uh, what's happening at what they call the happiest place on Earth, the various Disney parks, and people are getting into fights. I never heard of that before at Disneyland. Oh my, <laughs> what's going wrong in the universe? Are we on a tilt? Is that what the deal is? It's kind of sad, but but at the same time, when you look at it, uh, we've been through uh, some very challenging times yes. in the last three, three and a half, yes. four years, and maybe even going back a little bit further than that. Yes. Um, people are looking for, quote unquote, getting back to normal. Some people talk about the new normal. Mm-hmm. I like to put it in the context uh, when, when talking about this, uh, about uh, a book that I was asked to read by one of my employers called Who Moved the Cheese? <laughs> uh, someone, one of our yes. listeners actually sent me a poster, yes. a giant yes. wall poster, said, put it up in the restroom. <laughs> 
Yes, I read that book in my 20s yeah. before I took my grand adventure and my whole life shifted. My whole vibration was ready for a new journey. And I remember my coworker who I was teaching with at a school in Portland, she gave me that book. Oh. And I'll never forget reading it. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, and ladies and gentlemen, I have to do this because I just it just so happens um, – Oh, uh, well, you know what? I'm not sure that I, I did bring it with me. Maybe. Hang on. Uh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to slide over here okay. and I'm going to check real quick. I'm hoping uh, that I did bring it. Uh, it, it. I'm hoping it is the poster that's in here, because if it's not, then <laughs> I will have wasted time. But that's OK. And uh, it appears that I did not. That's OK. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. That's okay. We'll just move this back over here and get back to work here. But I have this giant wall poster. <laughs> And I thought it was so funny that they'd sent it to me. And I remember after reading the book and giving it back to my boss, I said, look, I don't have a problem with people moving the cheese. That's fine. You want to move it, move it anywhere you want. Just tell me where you moved it so I know where to look for it. And maybe that's asking too much. I was actually Did I miss thinking... the lesson in the book? Did I miss it? I was actually thinking that maybe the book now is I am the cheese. Ah. <laughs> Instead of where is the cheese? Because if we're asking that question, where is the cheese? The cheese is right here where we are, right? Uh, it's... That's a good point. That's a very so... good point. Yeah. It's it it uh, and and but it it's, it is one of those aspects of change. Yes. Um, a line from uh, uh, a John Denver song is, uh, changes somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing old. And when I was in my teens, it did. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be so great to be an adult and, and get to do the stuff that my folks are doing and this and that and the other. And then I got there and I'm going, not quite what I was expecting, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still enthused. The, but the beauty of that, and I just got finished with a gig with older folks because mm -hmm. that's something that I do. And I look at them and I go, yeah, that's – I mean, there is that process of, of growing older. But one of the things – I was reading a book recently called Aging Joyfully, and it's a beautiful book. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the author at this time, but I will get it to you so the listeners can have it. Beautiful book. But – it is about discovering our radiance. And, and that is the shift. That is my intention as I move on into this new year for myself mm -hmm. and also for everybody that I meet, no matter what your age, because age is just a number. And so is the turning of the new year. But it's our radiance. And actually, when we go through those challenging times, those dark nights of the soul, as Carl Jung talks about, and I talk about in my book, mm -hmm. right, the Odyssey yeah. of Song, that it actually shifts, it creates opening so that our radiance, our true radiance, the divine light of who we are can shine through. And I don't think that happens if we don't go through those challenging times. You you know, and I've thought about that. Uh, I've often, it was always someone who said to me that uh, 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 we need the challenges, they would use other words, you know, and I, I like to try to keep it more optimistic. Yeah. Uh, we need those challenges in order to build character. I'm thinking, there's got to be an easier way. 
but I, I'm beginning to learn there really isn't. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And and actually, when I talk about that radiance, it's the radiance is we step more fully into the divine nature of who we are mm-hmm. when we are challenged because it pushes us to go, why is this happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> and But the why is the, you know, who moved the cheese kind of thing in the sense mm-hmm. that the the why isn't the more interesting question and and in fact maybe it's and i also talk about this in the odyssey of song is it's it's the journey of course as we've heard many times but the beautiful questions krista tippett who is a wonderful interviewer talks about beautiful questions so those beautiful questions that we can ask of our lives instead of getting furious getting curious you know getting curious as to why it is i think think my life should be like this. Getting curious as to why am I holding back from the dreams that I've had, that I've always wanted to pursue? What is, uh, you know, and why did these things have to fall apart in in order for these things to come together? You know, like you said, it's it's more of a positive space in terms of curiosity is, wow, there's an awe and a wonder of the mystery of who we are and the mystery of life itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily Richardson is my guest. Uh, she does have a book. She just mentioned an Odyssey of Song, which I have uh, participated in the the program. Some, uh, my goodness, a year and a half ago. Crazy. Uh, Crazy. I have a song that we'll play at the end of the program. And um, you also have a website. What is that yes. website? Yes, emilysongbird.com. But funny thing about my website is it's been static for a year. So you'll see me on the front of the website, and I'm holding my book, and I'm smiling, but nothing else has happened. But you could still reach me at that website. That's right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Emily Yurchison and emilysongbird.com as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. <laughs> I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are here with a, a very uh, a fun, uh, loving woman who has joined us on this program a few times and uh, has actually been the host of this program interviewing me, which was kind of fun. Uh, but today we're talking about uh, the old year and the new year. Um, I was in a, a, a program uh, for the holidays that I started back in August and I auditioned for it. Not really, you know, I mean, I figured, yeah, they'll probably let me in, but it's okay if they don't. I, you know, But they let me in. Uh, then asked me if I would be willing to do some acting. I said, well, you know, I've never really done that, but sure, I'm willing to take a shot, you know. So I had a whole two lines, five words, <laughs> and it was a blast. But one of the things that they talked about, and it had to do with the Scottish solstice celebration. Mm. And some of the dialogue that they had had to do with the old year mm. and how... The old year, as they spoke of it, uh, it's all worn out. We've used it up. It's time to let it rest in peace and bring and, so to speak, birth the new year. And I thought, that's really interesting. And then they had a couple of uh, examples in Acts 1 and Acts 2, Act 2, that talked about how we need death. In the story they were telling, this little girl, she finds this giant walnut and it's empty. But then she sees death coming towards her, and she knows this 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 phrase to say uh, to make him disappear, and he does. And she puts him inside, makes him tiny, makes him real tiny. But she puts him in the walnut, slams it shut, throws it back in the ocean. So now there's no death, and she goes back home. And 
Mom says, why don't you go out and kill a chicken? Because everything I've tried to fix here, it will, I, no, I can't do anything with it. So she goes out, can't kill the chicken, goes to the butcher. The butcher is, uh, she's there to get some, uh, uh, get some, uh, some chops, you know. I can't, I've, I've tried to kill the chop, the, 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 the boar, and every time I cut him up, he comes back to life. And nothing, it seems like nothing will die. So finally the mother says, you know, we need death to live. We need death yes. in order to live. Yes. Yes. And that's a hard one for folks to take. Yes. But this year of 2022, as we go into 2023, started out for me, I lost a dear friend of mine who was 94. He lived across the street from my wife and I <clears throat> um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he and I would work together. Uh, he was the percussionist for the Utah Symphony Orchestra under a rather auspicious conductor by the name of Maurice Abravanel. And uh, we would transfer reel-to-reel to, to, the, to a computer and so forth. And uh, he passed away in January. Mm -hmm. Then a dear friend of ours at the radio station mm -hmm. in February passed mm -hmm. away. And then my wife's remaining sibling passed away in early March. Mm -hmm. And then my eldest sister passed away in late March. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I can't think of anybody else that's passed away since then that I've known. <laughs> but it's like... I think that's plenty for the year. Thank you very much. But it's it's one of those experiences that we're all going to go through. I mean, even my boss had a year a few years back where it was like every time he turned around, one of his friends was passing away. Yes. Yes. And we go through that at a physical level. Loss is, I remember reading Joseph Campbell, one of my main gurus, and he said, life feeds from life and death. And it's, you know, it's a cycle. But... It is, we're, we're always in the creative process. We're always going through the grieving process and we're always going through the rebirthing process. Now, sometimes we feel it more deeply than others, but that is life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and every day that we go to sleep, every night we are reborn, mm -hmm. you know, every morning. So, but I think that developing practices where you are learning to let go uh, yeah. is really important. I, I think about that. Now, I didn't have as many actual physical deaths around me personally that I knew about, but I went through a, a big breakup in a relationship, and that was a huge death for me, and it brought about all sorts of transformation and shifts, and it, it brought me down very deep into those dark spaces of loss. Mm -hmm. And and I think whether it's a breakup, whether it's a loss of, of physical human life, that that showing up for life and, and showing up in a way where we aren't holding on so tightly, but that we have that gratitude and we have that acknowledgement and appreciation of everybody in our life. And we tell them, we tell them, we whatever's holding us back, that we tell them how much we appreciate. And, uh, you know, I think about that with my folks who I, I spent the holidays and I adore them so much. And I can't even fathom. At a certain point, I couldn't fathom the loss of, of, of my folks. And, and now, as they get older and older, I practice it. Mm -hmm. I practice the letting go of that because I think we have to practice that, yeah. you know. I thought about a dear friend who passed a couple of uh, years back. Um, she was, uh, I guess I, I'll call her my acting coach. She was a mentor, as I like to call her. She she didn't like that term. She preferred to just be friends, and I understood that. I understood, so I respected that. 
uh, but she passed away. And then when my sister passed away last this past March, um, and then when I went through this program, uh, this this show that we put on uh, through the Santa Barbara Revels, I wanted to call her and share that with her. And I go, I can't call her. Yes. But I know that from spirit, she is aware. Yes. And I put the gender on because I don't believe that there is any gender in spirit. Yes. Uh, we're just, uh, yes. we, we just, I don't, we're not androgynous. There is no. Yeah. We're yeah. just, we're energy yeah. in a, in a matter of speaking. We're just energy. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I actually, when you were saying that, I just remembered my mom just texted me before this interview. My grandfather's birthday is today. He would have been 111 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's no longer on this planet. Yeah. But like you said, and this is a great, um, this is great how music works because I, that's yeah. my work is yeah. with music and you, you were exposed and, and now have opened up through that performance and holidays and you're singing and you're acting and you're bringing that musical part of you out and so I think that music is a way that we get communicated to um, all the time yeah. you know songs that come like you said the John Denver the songs that come with messages yeah. that those are those you know people from beyond yeah. sending us a vibrational symbol yeah? and, and, and because you mentioned him uh, and of course he died in 97 in a plane crash, yes. um, which was very sad. But at the same time, I was I was uh, grateful to have number one. I actually did go to one of his concerts in Phoenix. Uh, I think it was at the Arizona State University Activity Center yeah. uh, with uh, a woman that I was seeing at the time. I was 21. <laughs> she was 32. Yeah. So I've always uh, had an affinity for older women. Not sure why, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got a chance to see him. But I have lately been watching all kinds of videos of him and about him. And what I am most appreciative of is the fact that these videos cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of this man. Now, yeah. he wrote his own autobiography, which I've read, and he talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And what... Uh, and one of the interviewers actually asked him the question that actually I kind of posed. And this kind of applies to all of us. You know, there's a there's an area in our lives that we put forth of, let's say, our life's purpose, purpose of service and, and so forth and so on. And and that we want to be maybe remembered for, you know, that part of us. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other part of our lives that's a little incongruent to that persona that we put out there. And sometimes it's not intentional. It's just what happens. Yes. And John was that way. Yes. He had a drinking problem. He yes. had drug problems. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to be flying because he did not have the medical documentation to allow him to fly. Right. Uh, and so on and so forth. Yes. He was just a man just like the rest of us. Yes. And um, even I would even apply the, the, the title of my song to him. Yes. He was just a good man doing yes. the best that he could. That's right. That's right. Yes. And and that's what we're all yeah. trying to do is just the best that we can that's with what we have. Absolutely. Now, you had mentioned uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, earlier um, this, this aspect of the challenges that we go through mm -hmm. and that I think there's a part of it where we need to come to a space or a place where we can say, you know what? Yeah, this is hard. This is a challenge. This is difficult. I'm I'm finding I'm getting really weary, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But it's okay. Yeah. It's just 
because this is just the way that it is. Yeah. It's neither good nor bad. Right. It's just the way that it is. And to me, it's life lessons. Okay, we're learning, yes. learning experiences. Mm. Yes. They're not good or bad. They're just learning experiences. Exactly, exactly. And, and I'm working on getting rid of the words failure and success from my vocabulary exactly. because... You know, uh, I love the the example that I've used many times of Edison and his light bulb. And someone <laughs> asked him, how many times did you fail? He says, I never failed. I just found 990 ways that it didn't work. Yeah. And sometimes it takes 990 ways to get it to work. I love that. I love that. And I think that whole idea of experimenting, and there's a great quote, life is all an experiment. And I'm, I'm trying to think who it was who wrote that. But, um, but, you know, we are here to explore and to experiment. And, and one of the things when you were talking about your song and you were talking about um, that, you know, we're doing the best that we can, which I do really think that that is the case, is that our, I was reading a book the other day by by Tara Brock. Have you ever heard of Tara not, Brock? No. She's a wonderful meditation teacher and self-compassion teacher. And I was just reading a book about uh, discovering the gold or uncovering the gold, something like that. But she talked about this wonderful um, Buddha statue that has an it's a um, it had cracks in the in the statue, and and underneath they discovered that it was all gold. The whole Buddha statue mm. was in gold, but it was covered and. And until the cracks were there to show the gold that, you know, you you think. So a lot of times, and, and she likened this, and I felt this all my life, is the narrative story that I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not good enough to be this. I'm, you know, not good enough to be this. And so she suggested that to err, and it's not even error, but that we have an essential goodness. And I think that that's what your song, what you got to was mm -hmm. that we have an essential goodness and everybody else does. At their essence, at their core, we are love. I mean, that's my version of God is God is love. And yeah. we are that. We are made of that. And and so, and, and the other thing that she suggested, which I loved, was that whatever comes up for us, and, and this is why the Odyssey, and this is why music is such a great vehicle to move through this, is whatever comes up for us, be able to accept that, like mm. you were saying. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling frustrated right now. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling afraid. Well, accept it. Mm -hmm. It's part of who you are. The minute that we try to push something away, and I think this also ties back to what you were saying about how we have certain personas or certain masks that we show the world, right? And we get sometimes attached to the roles. I'm a, you know, I'm a producer or I'm a teacher or I'm a whatever. But really, those are just roles that we're playing. Yeah. The goal Gold is the essence of who we are, and it can express itself in many ways. It can be a singer at yeah. times. It can be an actor. It can be a teacher. It can be a son, a, a father, a mother. All of those roles, because like you said, the you know the essence, the divine essence of who we are is beyond gender. It's beyond all those yeah. roles. Yeah. So if we recognize, just like you did on the stage, that we're just playing out these characters, yeah. which is what the Odyssey is all about. Well, how is this character? How How's the perfectionist for you? How is the critic? How is the, you know, that we can recognize and integrate all of that and go, hey, guess what? 
I'm energy and I'm yeah. love and I'm having a good time on this adventure yeah. and I'm exploring, experimenting yeah. and having a good time. I think that that's the key right there is is enjoying the adventure, enjoying the journey um, rather than getting caught up in the details. Uh, it it kind of brings to mind the example uh, that I have in my book, Choices, of um, matching your words to your choice, what the things that you say. And uh, when my first wife and I were um, presented with an opportunity to buy a house and we went to see it and we said, yeah, okay, let's give it a shot. You know, what what I got to lose? Um, We made the decision that we were going to do one thing and one thing only. Okay. And we would repeat this anytime something else would come up to distract us from that one thing. And that one thing was, we are buying a house. <laughs> we are buying a house. Yeah. So if the appraisers said this or that or the other, no, we're buying a house. We'll take care of the details, but we're buying a house. Yes. We're not fighting with the mortgage company. We're not fighting with the appraiser. We're not fighting with the insurance company. We're not dealing with all. Yes, we'll de- do deal with the details. But what is our goal? We are buying a house. And we closed in 30 days. From the day we saw it, we closed in 30 days. <laughs> Fantastic. In spite of the fact that on the day of closing, I had no homeowner's insurance. Okay? It was an adventure. <laughs> it was right to the very end. Uh, and yeah. I have to say, I can't remember ever signing my name so many times back in 1993. Well, you know what? That reminds me of, and, and this is what, as I'm working on my second book, that the committing to your dream, committing to what it is. Now, commitment is not just saying it, right? right. It's the everyday actions behind that that align you with that. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you know, for me, oh, I've always wanted to be a musician. Well, I can say that until the cows come in, but if I don't sit and practice my piano, mm-hmm. or if I don't get out and I practice, you know, writing, if I want to be a songwriter, I ain't going to get to that place. Yeah. So the commitment and, and saying what you want is one thing. And then the everyday choices. I love that because yeah. I, I can hear even when you're saying that you were so, this is what's happening. Yeah. And then all the other things were part of the adventure. And, yeah. and actually I, that's what the Odyssey of Song is about. Like in the beginning, I wanted to be a performer and a songwriter and all this kind of stuff. Well, has that happened? Yes. But is it different? of how I imagine it to be? Yes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, so, but when you show up with that excitement and enthusiasm and commitment to what it is you want to create, it's amazing how the elements of the universe align to support yeah. you in that. Uh, reminds me of a line from Jack Benny, uh, who, for some who don't know who that is, uh, is a, uh, a, comedian, a comedian and a violinist. And uh, he, every so often on his show, uh, he would play his violin. And he was awful. He was absolutely horrible, okay? And he knew it. But one of the things he said in one of his interviews, it might have been on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, was, you have to practice even to be bad. And his intention was to be bad, okay? For the sake of the laughter, for the fun of it. All right. And I thought, wow, okay, I I can live with that. Well, 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I think of my own talent and developing myself along the way. And I started and I was so horrible, horrible. And I have improved greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's something that I'm always surprised when people appreciate when I leave a gig and they're like, thank you so much. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and there's sometimes I hit it and I'm like, I really nail something. I sing that song really well. I play really well. And there are other times where it it just is not how I thought. But one of the guys today, he's so he's so sweet. Um, Skip is his name, and he he's in his wheelchair, and he always catches me at the end, and he says, "You know, you bring so much joy to." And I could see the sparkle in his eyes and the twinkle is in, in his eyes. And I think that's the thing: is sometimes we think we're there for a certain reason, yeah. but we're actually called for an entirely different reason. And and I. You know, I remember that when I was first started teaching at the music store that I was, um, and incidentally, it was called Divine Appointment Guitars, and my oh. guitar was called Divinity, and I had it, I had it painted on the front of the case mm. in nail polish, and I walked in the store, and I'm like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna work in this store, you know, <laughs> and it was divinely appointed. But I remember the woman there who hired me, and it was on the job training, and I would come into her room and. I would be filled with tears and I would say, I don't know why people are coming to me. I don't know much more than they do. <laughs> and, and she looked at me and I'll never forget this. And she said, Emily, when you go into the room with anybody, you create magic. And that's mm-hmm. what I tell people. That's what I tell people today. I say, you know, you come with me for an hour and we're going to create magic. And so, you know, whether the singing is good, the playing is good, there's something underneath all of that. And I think when we let those cracks of ourselves open up, mm. the true radiance of who we are really shines through. Emily Urchison is my guest. EmilySongbird.com is uh, her website. And uh, we certainly hope that you will go there. Her book, her present book, uh, she's working on another one. We'll find out a little more about that. We'll find out a little bit more about that uh, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. Odyssey of Song is the title of Emily's uh, work that I have worked with her on, or I should say, uh, she took me through those 12 steps, uh, which is, uh, I even made the connection, this uh, reminiscent of the 12-step programs, which is uh, a really, really kind of cool, uh, that helped me to uh, write a, a song. Uh, it was not actually my first. I am still looking for the lyrics to that first poem that I turned into a song from uh, one of the uh, uh, personal growth programs that I went through back in Phoenix. I know it'll turn up. It will eventually turn up. I know that I did not throw it away because uh, it, those things were important to me, the things that I wrote, my journals and so forth. And, I, uh, you know, I, I've, I've locked it away somewhere safe. And I will, uh, I will search it out in the new year. There's no question. But the, the aspect of, because keep, I keep thinking about this uh, program, this uh, show that I was in, this uh, onstage uh, uh, program, and I saw it from two different perspectives. Uh, one of them was that I wasn't nervous on stage with an audience uh, because I was on stage with a village. Now, the village works real well in the analogy because that's kind of what we were, a bunch of different Scottish clans. I was of the Mackenzie clan, and there was the Cunninghams, and there was the Frasers, and I, I don't remember them all, but 
I've, I, I was up there with friends, family, and so forth. And it was such a cool experience. And a matter of fact, uh, when one woman would get up and sing her solo, or actually, she would sing her solo, and then another woman joined her, and they did a duet. It was in Gaelic, which is what they speak in Scotland, Gaelic in Ireland, so there's a difference. And I remember when we had that first audience, I had tears because I recognized, wow, I can't believe I'm a part of this. This is awesome. This is incredible. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Um, and then the post-performance accolades by the members of the village uh, would say, you know, I've been involved for three years, five years, ten years, whatever it was. This was by far the best. This was the most incredible, loving, supportive, and on, on all those accolades. And I'm going, wow. Wow, I was a part of that. Awesome, and I felt and I felt it too. Um, and it is when we put ourselves out there. I mean, this was outside my comfort zone. It really was. There were a couple of times uh, in September and October, even into November, when I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to sit this out. I'm going to say I can't do this. I, I, I'm, you know. And it was when. The other members of the cast, as well as I think it was the director, uh, who basically used the phrase, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of us who did not memorize all of the lyrics to the songs. I mean, they were very challenging songs. But I was up there, and if I didn't know the words, I would mouth. I would try to, to sort of mimic the other people around me. If I didn't know the words, but I knew the tune, I, you know, I would find a way so that I, I would fit, I wouldn't stand out, that kind of thing. You know, I was a part of the collective, the chorus and so yes. forth. And it opened up some doors that hadn't been opened up for a very long time. Yeah. When you step outside that, that comfort zone, yeah. and that's what you do, you help people to do that, don't you? I do. I do. And I model that for them for, because for the longest time, I had the worst performance anxiety. I mean, absolutely the worst. I'll never forget. I remember a gig I was doing. I was so, when I was in my early 30s, years ago, I was like, I'm going to go out and do these coffee gigs, you know, and I get out there. I'm on stage. I got my keyboard, my guitar. I have everything. I was just horrible. And I will never forget this woman, one of the only women in the stage. She was holding this, she was writing the whole time in calligraphy while I was performing. And then she rolled up this scroll and she put a ribbon around it mm -hmm. and she handed it to me at the end of the performance. And it was so interesting because the scroll had how to balance your right and your left hemisphere of your brain. <laughs> and so I, I was... I, I was not ready to get up on stage, but what what happens when we essentially get out of our own way? Because that's why we hold ourselves back from taking risks, mm -hmm. any sort of risk. And creative risks are sometimes some of the scariest mm -hmm. because we may have been shamed. We may have told, I mean, I have so many clients, they, they told that they would lip sync in the choir when they were young.
younger because they had to lip sync because their voice wasn't good enough to do that. So you go your whole life without singing. Can you imagine now going your life without singing? I mean, you know, you found your song. You you went through that process with me of finding your song. You had done that before, Mm -hmm. but you went and rebirthed that. And then you recognize the joy of coming together in community in song, Mm -hmm. which essentially, even if you're on stage by yourself, you are connected because this whole notion, like one of the things I do is I turn this whole mythology of what it is to be a musician because a musician is essentially a muse, is a channel. And so whether you're there with a village on the stage or you're by yourself, you are connected and you don't hold yourself away from expressing, you know, the the emotion and the truth and the love, whether it's your song or it's any song that you choose to sing, but you don't hold your true essence back, which I call your song. Yeah. Yeah? And we need to, whether we put it to music or not, we need to share that within us. I am reading a book right now. Uh, called The Emotional Code. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Um, and it is it is by a, a doctor. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't uh, snag this here. It is written by a Dr. Bradley uh, Nelson, I believe. Yeah, Dr. Bradley Nelson. It was actually recommended to me. And I'm listening to uh, what they're talking about. And we talked about the challenges that we face and the emotions that are associated with those challenges. And um, uh, one of the, 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 the elements is that it doesn't talk about getting rid of. It talks about, as you mentioned earlier, going through. Someone, someone said to me not long ago when we were talking about this, this, well, yeah, you could turn around and walk the other way. No, <laughs> you cannot turn around and walk the other you way. Can. Well, you can. People try all their lives to walk away but from their own. What's interesting is, is that will always pivot around to <laughs> yes. be in front of you. Yes. It will always pivot around to be in front of you. Yes. Um, I, um, I, I, before we go any further, just let, let you folks know, Emily Yurchison is my guest. Uh, EmilySongbird.com is the website, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're here with Emily uh, the Songbird, if you will. She's written a book entitled The Odyssey of Song, uh, which I have participated in that program, um, and it was, it was definitely worthwhile. I saw a movie not long ago, you may have seen this, uh, called, uh, I believe it was called I Can Only Imagine, and it had to do with a, a boy who grew up, and his father was just not real supportive thought he should play football but he wanted to pursue music um and apparently this is a true story uh having to do with another a musician a singer named amy grant who i fell in love with in the 80s because uh, of the music that we were playing at the christian station i was working at uh, my favorite was, of course, of hers uh, album was Age to Age. I used to listen to that all the time. I just loved listening to that woman's, and it was a teenager at the time, mm-hmm. she was, uh, that, that woman's voice. Anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, he goes through this whole thing. Finally, he writes this song. Now, he writes this song because at one point in the movie, he's going through his journals 
And uh, he had left the house for a period of time, leaving his journals there. So he's now going through his journals. And in the margins, all throughout his journals, he's seeing this, 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 this phrase next to these dreams that he would write about, these aspirations, these desires. I can only imagine. But he didn't write them. And his father had written in the margin, I can only imagine. So he writes this song to and about his father, who was still very much alive. And he gave the song to Amy. This is how she falls into this, because, you know, I can't. So she's up on stage getting ready to debut the song, and she's just thinking, no, this isn't my song. This is not my song. You need to come up here. You need to sing this song. And so he does. And it got me to thinking about my dad. And I actually came up with, and, and I made it a point, number one, to write down what I was, what the words that were coming. But I also grabbed my phone quickly and I sang the song so I have the notes. So you and I are going to be working on this somewhere down the road. Okay. <laughs> Great. Oh, daddy. You know how much I love you. Oh, daddy, you know, I know how much you care. Oh, daddy, I would only be half the man I am. Oh, daddy, if you had not been there. Now, that comes from the fact that my father does not believe to this day that he played a significant role in our development. Because he, he doesn't think he was ever really there because he was always at work. And then he would come home. My mom would pick him up and bring him home. And, so, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Were, you were there. Yeah. And I called him following seeing that movie. And I, I, said, you know, I, I, I said, you know, you told me this. And I just want you to know that you were there. Mm. And th mm. those words, those very words. And, mm. and Dad, I would only be half the man I am if, mm. if, if you hadn't been there. Oh, that's so powerful. And, you know, that fatherly connection. I mean, it's so wonderful and beautiful that you can tell your father that. My dad has long been gone, but he dancing and singing with my father when I was a little girl was what started the musical journey for me. Mm. And I think had he, he was a, a corporate lawyer when he hated his job and he, yeah. and I kept asking him, well, why don't you do something else? Be a country singer, you know, like I, <laughs> and, and, but it was, it's just interesting how, you know, that, that connection that we had, um, it stayed with me and it helped me. I mean, he came to me through dreams and through music, through the lyrics of music from beyond the grave. Mm. And he was the one that actually inspired me to go and the studio and record my Odyssey song, which is where the book came from, because the journey was first the song. And then from the song, it broke out into the chapters. But there was such synchronicity of him coming and bringing me, I remember bringing this ratty old paper bag to me in, in my dream. And and my dad, by the time he he died, he was, he was an alcoholic and his life was a real struggle. 
people. But he came to me, I'll never forget, and he gave me this ratty old paper bag. And inside the bag was the quote by Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Mm. And then, you know, a, a week later, not even a week later, I went into the studio. My knees were knocking. And I remember asking the man, because he told me about recording his original music. And, he's, and I said, well, you know, why did you actually start recording your own music? And he said, you know, it's like that Shakespeare quote, to thine own self be true. And that moment, my dad was coming through me and he was like, Emily, do this. Like he came through. And, mm-hmm. and I think we have an ancestral legacy. And and when we, and, and that's why actually some things feel so challenging mm-hmm. for us, I put that in quotes, because we're actually not, not just breaking through those emotional codes for ourselves, but we're actually freeing the ancestral legacy yeah. that is goes on, and we may not know the particulars of it, but that's why things that seem impossible and only in our imagination, we need to go forth. And, you know, it's like that uh, don't stop believing song, right? Yeah. You believe, and then you walk that path every single day. You want to play the piano, you practice. Practice every. You want to sing? You practice it every day. You imagine. I remember when I first started singing. I was in my parents' garage. And I had a vacuum cleaner, and I had this doll that I taped to the back of the vacuum cleaner, and I sang my heart out into the vacuum cleaner. And my parents were like, oh, my God, what is she doing? But I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing? This was before I got a job in a music store. This was before I started, you know, playing my own music. I mean, it was just a dream. But why are we not here we're here to live those dreams, yeah, yeah. not just for ourselves, but for the village. I believe right? Emily has lost her mind with half the institutionalized her. <laughs> you know, there are there are two biblical passages that come to mind when you talk about this, and when I think about my father, one of them is um, the, the 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 old. I think it's I think both of these are in the Old Testament uh, that says uh, the sins of the father are passed on to the sins of the son to seven generations. Well, why can't the converse be true? The blessings of the father being passed on to the sons to seven and seven and seven and seven generations. Mm. And then the other one. And this this one I've always thought of as a two-edged sword. You can look at the child in this example, and then you look at the, the adult they've become. And here's the passage. Train a child up in the way that he or she should go. And when they get old, they will not depart from it. Take a look at that child. How do you want that child to be when they, when they get older, when they become an adult? Now take a look at the adult and remember that passage. How was that child trained? How was that child raised? It's sort of the double-edged sword. That is so key. And, and, and when I 
first started writing the Odyssey book, I had to rediscover and, and reunite with my inner child. And that was the energy that was coming at that time. And that's why it was so kind of haphazard how everything was happening because I had opened that channel. The music was coming. I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't know how to hold it. Yeah. But when you are the adult and you recognize, I remember um, I'm in this online piano jazz course and and I was playing Silent Night. I did a version of Silent Night. And one of the responses was um, I had talked about being a little girl and, you know, having the candles at the end and everybody holding their candles and singing Silent Night. And she said, oh, I can just imagine that that little girl and you doing that. She said, the girl is gone, but I can still imagine. And I, I said, no, no, she's never gone. That part of you, I say this to the, the seniors on their deathbed, you know, I say, that part of us is never gone. Mm-hmm. That is the radiance of who we are. And here's another quote from the Bible. You need to become childlike to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not childish. Child- childlike. Childish does not work. Mm-mm. Childish will not get you your dreams. Childish, get you the belt as well. It'll get you sometimes. <laughs> it will get you the belt. It will, yes, and it will get you the belt from society yeah, too, because yeah. that and and you know many artists end up being childish. The ones, and I think that's the thing with John Denver is that, you know, there was childish behavior going on, but he had enough support and enough inner Mm -hmm. power that it was, you know, and many artists are that way. They just, it's, it's that inner child run amok. But if you get in touch with the inner child and you listen, that's the thing is to create the dialogue. And that's where those songs, when you let, you know, I'm a good man doing the best that I can is you know, a song about your essential goodness and that essential goodness comes from the child, right? I was born that way. Yeah. Uh, The thing that I really admire about him in his interviews and, of course, his book is he owned his childish behavior. He owned it. Uh, He didn't shy away from it. Yeah. He wasn't necessarily proud of it, but... That's what made him who he was. Yes, yes. And when we find that song, our song, in that odyssey, uh, uh, odyssey of song, um, it it can be very, very profound. Uh, I, I will share with you also uh, an aspect of going through. When my wife and I moved to Santa Barbara almost 17 years ago, May 9th of 2006, and I remember this uh, very well, uh, we had doctors, all right? We had physicians. We would go to, you know, the, I mean, I had a lens implant. I had this, that, and the other thing, you know, dentists and on and on. Yes. Neither of us were taking any medications, zero medications, mm-hmm. all right? Now, I understand, yes. 2006, I was only 46 years old. All right. I'm 62 now. All right. So we've got a few years under our belt, 17, almost 17 years. I'm now taking high blood pressure meds, and she's taking all kinds of other meds that she wasn't taking when we moved here, and she started working for the company that, yes, folks, uh, she was actually discharged from after 16 and a half years, uh, totally unceremoniously. Uh, and so forth. And I could say other things uh, about uh, about that experience. However, uh, 
since, and she was released, I'll put it that way, on the 15th of December of this year, 2022, as we head into 2023. And it's only been 14 days, 15 days, 16 days. She has become aware of a increased clarity of mind, Mm -hmm. of soul and emotions. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that she's completely healed. She still has those moments of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and you talk about, we talked earlier about using the right, you know, uh, speaking certain words. Mm -hmm. She'd wanted out, she had wanted out of there. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't going to give them the satisfaction of quitting. Mm-hmm. I had a job like that. Mm-hmm. It was a horrendous mm-hmm. work environment, radio station. But I wasn't going to quit. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed what I was doing too much. Mm-hmm. They were going to have to throw me out. And they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't fire me. I, they laid me off, as they said. Mm-hmm. Anyway, her health is now starting to slowly improve. Yeah. She's starting to feel better about herself. Yes. And it's interesting because it goes to a conversation we had in the truck. We were driving out to the valley, and she says, if there was one thing that you could change about me, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And, of course, my hackles went up going, uh, I ain't that stupid to ask that, <laughs> answer that kind of question. Come on, you've got to be kidding me, you know. Now, that was what I said yeah. in my head. And she saw the hesitation. She says, okay, I'll go first. And so she answered, she says, if there was one thing I could change about you, I think it was uh, that my vision would be good in both eyes. What a beautiful thing. So I said, okay, I know where you're coming from. Now. Yes. <laughs> and exactly. I told her, I said, if there was one thing I could change about you, it would be to increase your confidence in yourself. Oh, I love that, Richard. She is beginning love that. that rise. I love that. You know? I love that. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, that's what I've been writing about for the second book. Now, I'm not saying anything. I've, I've been a little stuck along the way, but that's what it's about is that clarity and yes. that confidence. Yes. And when we are aligned with who we truly are and we don't have to hide ourselves, mm-hmm. this is something, the alcoholic path, I know this from my father and growing up in that uh, in that family dynamic, and, and you're right, the Odyssey does have connections in in that way is it's a recovery program Mm -hmm. when you recover your voice when you recover your true essence you don't need to hide from yourself from the people that you love and from the world and that's a lot of times we end up doing this dance it's it's a dance of intimacy uh, but it's also a dance of fear and it's a dance of shame and and when we are willing to sit with all of that we are, all of the, you know, because this odyssey, which essentially is a mirroring of life itself, the spiritual journey that we're on is that we will be greeted by opportunities. Those opportunities will bring about emotion in us. And then we decide if we are going to sit with that emotion, if we're going to transform it, we're going to run and hide, we're going to do. And there are certain situations and environments that feed the toxicity of 
you know, relationships that mirror that. And when we finally step away from that, whether it's an intimate relationship that's dysfunctional or work situation, it doesn't matter. It's all relationship. Then we create space where our radiance can shine through and our cells actually change. We start to get those messages that, hey, guess what? I can be healthy. I can be healthy. I can live healthy. I don't have to play out certain toxic roles and mirror that out in the world. And when we shift that, situations in our life will just fall away. And sometimes, even though it's hard, we have to bless those people that walk away from us. We bless those places that fire us. We bless all of that because they are no longer aligned with the the love of who we are, the joy of who we are, the confidence of who we are. And we're unstoppable when we keep moving on that that odyssey. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Emily Yurchison is my guest. Uh, EmilySongbird.com is the website. And podcast. And podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. And an odyssey of song is also available through your website as well. We certainly hope that folks will get a copy because... Uh, it's it's well worth uh, the the small investment in that regard, but then when you start reading early in the book, you start to realize that it's time to make a, a similar investment in self, and it it has changed me. I know to where I made the choice a year after I wrote that song to become a part of that program with the Santa Barbara Revels for the holidays. And I did some things that I didn't think I would do. They were very good things that I did. I did not think that, um, you know, I never participated in anything like that. Did we, did I participate in the, in the kids' Christmas pageant or whatever it was uh, uh, when I was in school, in grade school? Eh, probably, but it's not the same thing. No. This is much more conscious. Uh, you're much more aware of what's going on. Uh, but uh, we just, you know, we, the, the village, just had uh, an incredible time. Yeah. And it did feel like we were living in a different world uh, uh, as we were there on stage, in spite of the fact that, yeah, we can see yes. the audience. We can hear them laughing and carrying on and whatever it is as we're doing our thing. Yes. And it's funny, too, because someone said, you know, there isn't really a story here. There really isn't a story. It's just a bunch of things put together. <laughs> And I'm going, like, what the heck are you a part of? Because there's a story here. <laughs> and it's what I said earlier yes. about death, death and life. Yes, yes. Death and life. And it's okay yeah. as the, the play, uh, as the performance unfolded. It's just fine to be to be proud of your Scottish heritage. You know, it's it's we do these things. We sing and we dance and we da 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 at Yule and Solstice because that's who we are. Yes. And, 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 and so forth. Yes. And it's okay to be proud of those things, but at the same time, you need to be proud of who you are. Yes. And I'm yes. proud of who I am. Yes. And I love the fact that my parents both have verbalized that, not just for me. Yes. Uh, I was told, <laughs> we were, I was told when I was 13, 14, 15 years old by my mother, says, I just want you to know that I knew 
how special you were going to be when you came out, you know, and so forth, right? Well, here's the kicker. Turns out she told us all of that same thing. <laughs> but, but here's the <laughs> but kicker. But it's still true. But here's the kicker yeah. is to know that, to yeah. know how special we all are. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the village. Well, I I teach a number of families in, um, well, you were to one of my recitals. You actually perform your song at one yeah. of them. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a performance on the stage or you're with this network of families. We're all part of the global family. The human family. It's the human family. Yeah. And you, I loved, I always, I, I thought about making an album about this. Maybe I still will, called The One Song of Love. And I know you have that song about the one voice. So one voice, one song, whatever it yeah. is, that we are not only a part of it, but we are an important, special part yeah. of the whole inner working, the tapestry of life. And we are disposable. We are disposable, but we're also special, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, uh, after that performance uh, that you invited me to participate in, I think it was last this past summer. Yes. Um, several of the men came up. And thanked me for the song, which told me that that was something that they needed to get in touch with, too, that in spite of everything. A matter of fact, this this gal that recommended these two books that that I have in Audible um, and I asked her, uh, she 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 mentioned this. She says, uh, you don't need to do anymore. You've already done. Okay. You need to take time. You need to ground yourself, walk around in nature, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because that's what we try to do in order to, so to speak, justify, uh, almost justifying our existence. Because we got to do and do and do and do and do and do and do. Because yeah. we're the man of the house, yes. the man of the family, yes. uh, and so on and so on yes. and so forth. When what we really need to do is just be absolutely a human being absolutely yeah and I, I and what you were doing for those men which is what I do now too is you were modeling yeah. you were modeling that for them and I see when I go into these families oftentimes I'll start with one child but then the next sibling will start and then the mom will be playing and then the dad like recently I have a couple of dads that have started with the guitar and and so it's like it and yes I I think, and I'm actually getting in touch with that that masculine part. I call it the masculine part of myself. And I'm, because, you know, um, six months ago, I decided to marry myself. And, and I thought it was kind of a funny thing. Actually, I'm wearing the engagement ring right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, this was, oh. I got in a, um, on a, in Mexico. And it seemed like a crazy thing. But, you know, when I put a little video on YouTube, it was amazing how many views I got. But it was an important thing thing for me to do because there is a part of us that is wants to take care and and be the householder and all that kind of stuff and there is the nurture and actually that's why I talk about that in the Odyssey of Song too is that we have that that masculine and that feminine and they're both really important to recognize and to honor and so I've been really seeing the changes in my own life financially getting stronger you know that mask in music you need that you need to be able to have that masculine to hold 
the feminine part of you to express the vulnerability of that. So it's a fascinating journey with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it it's extraordinary the the things the that we go through in our lives, the challenges as well as those. Uh, and again, I've I've used this analogy on a number of occasions, and it seems to seems to work pretty well. And that is of a, a river. And uh, I joke about this part where I say, what you want to do is you want to lay back and float on your back. Now, I can't do that, so I can lay front and face down. Uh, so I know how to drown real well. But let's just say <laughs> you're on a flotation device. Yes. <laughs> and you just allow yourself to float and be carried by the current. Now, the current might take you real close to the shore on the left and then back out and then real close to the shore on the right and then back out again. It just And you may go through some rapids. Yeah. And there might even be in those rapids, uh, of course, what's making the rapids is, of course, the running water over rocks. Yes. So you've got those rocks under the water. You yes. can kind of be careful yes. about. Yes, navigate. But this is, this is what life is. It is. And it is. You're, you're, you're going down this river headed towards the wide open sea. Yes. The wide open yes, sea. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that yeah. for so many reasons. I write so many songs about rivers. I remember, um, but last summer I went on a river trip, on a rafting trip, on a paddle um, um, paddle board mm -hmm. down the Rio Grande River, and wow. it was very exciting. But the funniest thing was when we first got in, um, my partner at the time was he was he was navigating, and I was pedal you know i i was um paddling and the first thing that happened is we rammed right into a rock i saw we were just heading right for it and boom i fly off the paddleboard into the river and there i am in the river but the funniest thing is the panic set in but then i realized i'm in four feet of water like i could literally stand, stand up, up in yes. the water and and so that's the thing is that you know the river and sometimes we can't and sometimes yeah. the rapids yeah. but and the other thing about that is so funny i remember having a series of dreams and the first dream i was by a river and i was clinging to this rock for dear life i was holding on and i knew when i woke up i'm like emily you gotta let go of the rock <laughs> you gotta get yourself in the river and then i remember another dream where there were all of these figures and they were dressing up in these colored um costumes and they look like they look like mini condoms. They were just like dressed up in these. Yeah, they were so funny. But they were sliding into the river and they were just gliding. And I thought, you know, and at, at that point, I was able to get in the river. And I think you're right. There is a flow. There is a momentum. There is an energy that moves through all of life. And we are all and and that's also part of the Hopi prayer. Do you know about the Hopi prayer? It's a beautiful prayer, but it's a prophecy. Speaking of the, the new year, it's a prophecy. And it talks about how, you know, to, to, we are all in this river. And, and the best thing we can do is look around to see who's in the river with us and to smile mm. and to recognize the joy. We're all in it together. Yeah. We're all in it together. Yeah. So we might as well enjoy the ride. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And and it, it, that's different. It's a it's a difference uh, to what we've been hearing for the last almost three years, you know, about yes. how we're all in it together alone. 
kind of thing. It's like, no, no, no. We're all in this life together, the river of life. The river of life. And it's something that um, we've got to... We've got to go through. We've got to come to grips with it. We've got to go through it. Yes. And when we can float and just allow the current to carry us, yes. it doesn't mean we don't do anything. No, no, no. You do what you're led to do. Yes. That's where the intuition comes in. That's where that still small voice comes in. Absolutely. And that's where the creativity comes in. Yeah. Because then you go, okay, I want to buy a house or I want to do this. I want to be part of this production. But I don't know how to go about this. And then your imagination lights up. And that's when the adventure starts. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But spirit does, the universe knows, and we're going to co-create this together. That's where we're going to explore and experiment. And and I love your idea of of, there's not failure. It's just exploration. It's it's exploration and learning. learning. Uh, The other element that I shared with the director, um, number one, we're we're a village up on stage. You know, we're a community. Yes, I love that. But then I said, but because I used to do this when I was a kid growing up. And I miss doing it. I wish that I could set aside the time with everything else I have going on. But yes. I said, you're also a model builder. Ooh, I like that. You have all of these parts. Yes. Okay. And I do not envy him his job of, of constructing this model that takes <laughs> two and a half hours to, oh, to, to lay out. Oh, man, that's a lot of work. Uh, between the cast, yes. the music, yes. the acting, yes. the dancing, yes. the lighting, yes. the sound, the props, yes. and whatever else whatever else is, is there. Yes. Okay? Um, I said every show, every rehearsal, you build it, and you say, oh, Shoot, uh, like when I was building mine, I'd get glue on my fingers and I'd touch the plastic and now I got my thumbprints yes. all over the, the <laughs> fuselage of the plane or yes, the, the yes. hull of the boat or whatever. Yes, yes. All right. And so the next model that comes along, open up the box and I begin the process all over again. Yes. And we'll see how that turns out. Yes. And, and, and each successive attempt gets, ah, got that right. Oh, I love it. And so on and so forth until... The very last attempt, and I really do believe that our Sunday performance was the best. Yeah. Um, you you uh, are basically uh, that's what you're you're building. Yes. You know, and yes. I prefer using the analogy of the model because it's a much yes. more tangible thing yes. than building it. a building. I love it. Yeah. And um, I and then of course then I said you know I, I want to be careful here because I don't want to overthink this. Yes. Don't want to <laughs> overthink this. That's you know. the killer, right? Exactly. Exactly. But that was the way that I saw it. Those two different observations of mine, having never done this before. I love it. And even after you and I had had completed uh, uh, my song. Um, I, f- I kind of felt the same the same way that that as we began the process, you know, there were these little steps along the way, and um, and I liked the way that you handled this. It was kind of like uh, uh, a lot of the therapists that I have seen, a lot of the people I've had on my program too, where you never led me down a particular path. You would ask me, okay, so what comes next, and what comes next? And I remember when we were working on the verses. Okay, think about a time when, yes. et cetera, et cetera. 
And obviously I went with the first thing that came and that's that's then we went from there. And, yes. then, and then one evening or one morning, I guess at 2 a.m., uh, I was I was uh, going through some challenges and the next three verses just boom, just poured out. Oh, yes. I remember that conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what's so neat is, like I said, the book actually started as a song. There's a whole album of the music mm -hmm. because there's songs that go with each of the chapters. Right. But... The structure, like if I would have thought I was writing just a regular, like a certain book, I would have written a book. But I had this incredible kind of creature, you know, yeah. and it was like, well, is it a song? Is it a book? Is it a, you know, what is it? And yeah. so, but when I stayed with it, what I recognized is that the song, because I'm not a therapist, I use therapeutic techniques, but, but if people want therapy, what I need to do is I gear them back to the song because that's what it's about is I'm not the one who's going to give you the answers, exactly. right? It's I'm teaching people to get in touch with their own creative process. And that's the therapist, yeah. their own creativity, their own song is there is the healer. Yeah. And that's my process. When I sit down with music and I it pours forth through me, I'll ask a question. And the response is comes through me. And that's what the audience, and that's why it usually ends up being this incredible ballad with a, you know, a bridge or two bridges, or it's like this incredible, you know, kind of thing, because it's your life being reflected back musically and vibrationally. This is new. I, d I haven't heard anything of yeah. this being done in yeah. this way, you know? It's, uh, it, it, it is definitely something that, uh, Again, it was something that I had to step outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, I it may sound a little strange, folks, but when it comes to singing solo, I'm uh, on the shy side. Mm -hmm. But once I get started, it's it's kind of like that one phrase um, that I, I I've heard uh, about whether you're rock climbing or you're sailing. Uh, or you're doing something of this nature where you have a starting point and then all of a sudden you're in it. It's like, well, you can't turn back now. You've already started. Uh, you know, one of those kinds of things. Like you know, the river, right? You're, you're committed. <laughs> you are now committed. I should be committed, but that's yeah. another subject yeah. for another show. Yeah. But uh, once you've started, uh, you might as well go for it. You might as well. Yes, because what you're doing, and this is what I discovered, I wanted to learn to play the guitar. That was my whole thing. I had no idea that the guitar was just a catalyst yeah. for not only all this music inside of me, but a whole different path that I was to walk. Yeah. That, you know, my whole life was going to change by this simple guitar. Mm -hmm. And so that, and that's why I use these tools. The guitar is not just an instrument. Mm -hmm. You are the instrument. The guitar is a tool like the, the lightsaber, right? Yeah. That is your lightsaber. And people will say, oh, I wish I could play the guitar. But I was like, and then I listen up and I go, wait a second, what is it you're really wishing for? And, and you know, one of the things you talked about, the changes that you opened yourself up to this performance, it's open to expansion of your own creative life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, but the other thing, and this is the main thing that shifts 
gifts is like we talked about that confidence that you are willing to take risks that you wouldn't have necessarily before because what happens is your vibration shifts and you recognize you no longer identify yourself as a victim in your life. And that's the energy. That's the energy of the Odyssey song. That's the energy of the book. And that's the energy of my life as I model that for others because I don't... um, you know, it's it's a journey of it is the hero's journey that you go on and you are the hero or the heroine. And so you get to choose. It's a choose your own adventure, you know, about which way you go. But there is a structure. And I do encourage, you know, I do encourage like on the river. OK, well, you might want to you might want to not go over to that place because that has a really big rock and a mm. really big, you know, or mm. if you do, you might want to paddle around this way. Right. Yeah. You might want to choose words in this song that actually identify where you want to go. And and that's actually what the Odyssey song is about. In the bridge, you might have perspective about where you've been, but the chorus is, I'm a good man. I am doing the best that I can. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. My essential goodness yeah. is here, you know? As we continue, I want to talk about an element of all of this that um, we haven't really discussed yet, and that is if one is in a relationship with someone. And we're going to talk about that as we continue with Emily Yurchison here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Emily Yurchison's my guest. EmilySongbird.com is the website as well as a podcast you can find there, including this. Yes. And also her book, Odyssey and Odyssey of Song. And uh, we hope that you will uh, uh, get a copy uh, as well. I want to address, as we uh, are coming close to the end of our time together, the the dynamic of being uh, doing all of this that we've talked about in the last hour, almost hour and a half. And that other person isn't there. Meaning they're not in that same space. They're not in that vibration. They're not in that flow. Uh, And uh, they may be challenging you. What are you you doing? And where are you going? And who are you seeing? And and the the, the suspicions. And you got to justify everything. And on and on and on and on. Yes. And that can cause people to stop. Mm -hmm. To paddle over to the shore and get out of Mm -hmm. the river. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're you're creating an intimacy with yourself that is really necessary in, in fact to deepen the intimacy with another. And so I think um you know, it's really important to be honest that you're in a process um and that um that you are Um, that you're committed to this process and that it's really important. And I think the main thing is it's for the good of the relationship. It's for enhancing and supporting not only your own creativity and the recovery of that, but also the relationship. Because the work that we do individually has no doubt an effect on everybody around us. And we do become, um, I have a song that I uh, wrote called I am a lighthouse and and that, you know, we vibrationally shift and that affects everybody else around. I don't think it's 
um, helpful to necessarily share the particulars, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. um, because it is a very intimate and confi- there's confident- confidence in this process, okay. right? Yeah. And so, um, but I think it is important to share at some level that you've decided to go into this process yeah. and um, and that you hope to have the support of the other in in the that way but if not it's okay too yeah you know yeah uh i i can share in reference to my story and my song that it was i guess the best way to put it it was actually inspired by my wife yes yes it was actually inspired by her and those very words at least the first half um yes, uh, yes. and um it's it's uh, it's something that i know it's a challenge. It absolutely is. But I also know that when you begin the process, and again, as you say, you are honest without sharing a lot of the particulars yes. because of the confidentiality yes. aspect as well. Um, they're going to see a change in you. Yes. They're going to see yes. a change. Yes. Whether they verbalize it or not. Yes. And then that is going to cause them to change. Yes. Whether they like it or not, they're yes. going to change. Yes. Okay? Yes. And it might result in a change in the relationship. Yes. The relationship could go away. Yes. Or, yes. as you were saying, yes. it could become much closer. It yes. might actually bring you closer yeah. together. Yeah. But th- there is certainly a necessity for uh, that a level, a level, a level of honesty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very important. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the relationships, this work is so powerful. And that's why it's not, it, you have to have a readiness for it. And I won't take necessarily just anybody on this journey. You know, if you buy the book, you do get a free coaching session to assess if it's a good fit for you. Right. But it is incredibly deep work that you're doing. And, you know, it's funny. I think about what you were saying about that in my recent breakup. It's been almost six months now. So I'm on the other side of it. But my recent breakup, I remember my partner thanking me. He said it was the best relationship he's ever been in. And he thanked me for driving him away, which was, you know, kind of an ironic thing. And I think, wow, that doesn't sound so good. But he did not know he did not have that connection with who he truly was. Mm. And and so he needed to go and find that. Mm. And he could not do that in relationship with me. And, and what I find interesting is it sounds like it was a very amicable yes. uh, dissolution, if you will. Yes. Of the relationship. Yes, it really was. It was a, it was, I, you know, there's emotion that comes up and that kind of thing. But I reckon, and I recognize all along that I had, I saw myself in him, but it was me five years ago, 10 years ago, where I didn't speak my truth. I didn't express my creativity, you know, and he was yeah. looking to me. He was seeing me in that way. And, and I learned things from him, really good things. But yes, and, and I think it, 
you have to be prepared. And that's why, and like I said, I'm not a therapist. I, I do connect Jungian psychology with music, mm-hmm. yeah. which is something that um, is exciting. And I know you've had um, the uh, psychotherapist who, who did the interview for me yes. about from the Psychological Perspectives mm-hmm. magazine on. So I do use aspects of Jungian psychology yeah. that I organically integrate. But, but that process is really powerful. Yeah. You are doing the individuation process. You are integrating fragments of yourself and you are no longer becoming, you are no longer a victim to your life or your relationships. And so as you become more empowered, the other people around you, they either will get more empowered, which is what might happen in my partnership, right? Hey, I don't need you anymore. (laughs) You taught me what I needed, you know, or or they're going to fall away, you know, and that's that's what happens. That's why I love some of these, uh, I I don't know if they call them old wives' tales. I don't know why they call them that, but needless to say, uh, (laughs) about how, number one, how uh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not true. Not true. (laughs) Not true. Because of the emotional traps that we've already set up for ourselves from going back to maybe the very beginning. Then there's the other one. You can't change other people. The only proviso to that or addendum to that, I would say, is you can't change other people consciously. Right. You can change other people when you change yourself. That, you know what, and I think that is such a crux for when we talk about going into this next year, because when, whether it's your parent trying to, you know, you want to change a child or you want to, you know, it doesn't, you can talk yourself blue in the face and we can do that to ourselves too. It's through the action, conscious action, not running around crazy, but aligning yourself. And this is actually what I'm writing in this next book is the daily practice of what are the rituals that we can do on a daily basis and and how to get in touch so that we are making choices aligned from who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And we're creating practices so that it's shifting our vibrations. I mean, this conversation we've had has been so delightful. And I know you and I have both shifted from where we were before. And Mm -hmm. so we're meeting each other at a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, we could go on for so long because we have really empowered ourselves from where we had started, both of us. Well, uh, uh, when it comes to to therapists and therapy, uh, I've said this probably as long as I've been interviewing that these these programs, these interviews, these conversations are therapy for me. Yes. Um, And I'm I'm lucky in that respect that that uh, I don't want to say it's free because it takes time and energy and then I have to go produce the the video and all that kind of stuff. But I love doing it. Yes. And it, it, I've had, I have been challenged on a num, on numerous occasions uh, with some of the things that I have offered up in conversation with many of my guests. <laughs> yes. And that is absolutely okay. Yes. Uh, one of my guests, and, and I, I, I use this example as we're coming close to the, our end, um, where I shared a perspective on what we were talking about. And he says, well, you know, that, I like that, but what, what about this? And he shared it, and I'm listening intently because I'm curious as to where he's going. And he finishes, and I'm going, well, there goes another one of those straw huts up in flames. <laughs> and I carried that a little further, and I said, you know what? I don't care. As a matter of fact, we could set them all aflame, 
because, uh, first of all, I don't have all the answers, and I'm just trying to figure it out, too. Yep. And if I actually am really listening yep. to uh, what someone is saying and can consider the possibility that they're offering up, yes. rather than yes. saying, oh, no, no, because you're on the wrong side of the aisle, or yes. no, you're of this persuasion or yes. that persuasion or this yes. religion or what, whatever. Yes. And it's like, no, because if I do that, and this goes to another one of my analogies, I am denying myself the opportunity to receive messages from this person yes. as well as preventing this other person from receiving the messages that the universe may have for them yes. from me. Absolutely. And then I cannot continue to build my puzzle of the big picture. Absolutely. Uh, uh, my puzzle. And and then this person cannot continue to build theirs. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was thinking going back to the Disneyland thing, you were talking about the aggression at Disneyland, yeah. is that what you can do also is to model how to have the conversation. Yeah. Because I think that is the key, is how we have the conversations, how we have them with ourselves, how they have them with others that have different points of view, that can I really be present? Or am I going to shut myself off because I yeah. know this is not my belief? And am I going to get aggressive? Am I going to get, or can I sit with this? And can I sit with this for a while? And can I really open up to, you know, what what is it that, because there's always, always a kernel mm -hmm. of, of truth because we're all teachers and mm -hmm. we're all learners. Mm -hmm. And so, but I mean, I think that idea of Disneyland as this utopia, right? We envision <laughs> the utopia of our world. And I don't know, I still really believe because much of my life, because I do engage in authentic, compassionate communication, I learn so much yeah. from different points of view and perspective. And I'm willing to share in ways that perhaps I haven't before because I am more confident about who I am and yeah. what I believe. And, you know, at first I was timid about my book. I didn't market it very well. I didn't, you know, um, and so, but I've seen it come back over and over again. The power of our work comes through us well whether or not we even wanted to at times. You know, we're here. You talk about purpose, going back to that, that if we get out of our own way, our purpose will shine through us. Yeah, because our purpose is being, mm -hmm. the being of who we are and who we are meant to be. And yeah. for me, that goes back to the love, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Emily Yurchison is my guest. An Odyssey of Song is her latest book. And her website is emilysongbird.com, where you can also check out her podcast. We certainly hope that you will do that. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Emily Yurchison has been my guest here on the program. And Emily, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for giving us uh, quite literally an hour and a half of conversation <laughs> that I hope that people will uh, will listen to on the various platforms that we have them available. and. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you in 2023 uh, as we move into this new year of new opportunities and, yes, new challenges. But that is what makes life worth living. It, quite honestly, it really is. Yes, 
Absolutely. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. It was such a delight. I just, I just found my, uh, the joy of the conversations, the real authentic conversations. And I've so appreciated that getting to know you over these last couple years. And I'm, I'm deeply grateful to be here. As am I. Uh, before I let you go, I have those three final questions, but they're not the same ones. That I asked you <laughs> Adventure! <laughs> but before I do that, I need to let you know that we are, you are listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays, and in this case, uh, New Year's Day at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday morning at 1 a.m. and Wednesday at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, Amazon Music, and many other locations, including richarddugan.com. We have the uh, pod, the um, uh, the playlists for 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, and... Uh, this being 2023, uh, there as well. We're also on YouTube, and uh, we hope that you will subscribe to both the podcast and video cast, or at the very least, uh, click the notification so that you can be notified when a, uh, a new program, a new conversation is uploaded. We also ask you to spend time during this decade of perfect vision. Uh, the 2020s, where we ask you to go within and listen to that and follow the promptings of that still small voice. And then if you can support us financially, we would greatly, we would be gratefully uh, appreciative. We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And uh, when you go there, they'll ask you for an email address to whom to send the contribution to. Just put my email address, Richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. With all of that being said, Emily, um, the 15th year, we've uh, uh, dropped one question for a new one, but the first of those three is, who is Emily Yurchison? <laughs> uh, Emily Yurchison is a role that I'm playing in this lifetime, and there are many different roles that she plays. She's a teacher, she's a songwriter, she is a lighthouse. I think this would probably be the, the most thing that I identify. She's a lighthouse of love. She is a lighthouse, a, a way show her that mm. through her own experiences, through her own transformations, through her own learnings and um, all her stumbles and all the challenges that she goes through that she models a way for others uh, to be able to navigate their their life knowing that they true are are at their essence at their core mm. love what is your life's purpose Oh, well, I think it ties in to who Emily Hurchison is. I, I believe that my life's purpose is to be a lighthouse. I believe that I am here to model uh, a way of being that is true like that that quote, to be true to myself. When I was little, it wasn't okay to be my true, unique, creative self. So I stuffed that. I pretended that I didn't love to write songs. And I pretended that, you know, that I didn't express uniquely in, in the ways that I did. And it didn't serve me. And it hasn't served me. The more that I can truly be the unique spark of the divine that I am, the more that I give that freedom 
to others and the more we can celebrate our celebrate that village together. Mm. Mm-hmm. And our final question, this is the new one for the 15th year. It's kind of a fun one, I'd like to think. What was your best day? Oh, my best day ever? <laughs> oh, I've had so many amazing days. I have to choose one. I think that's going to be a really hard thing to pick one day. Um, I, let's see... You know, I, I really can't think of one day. I just can't. I think life is such a miracle, and, and every day brings such an opportunity for newness. I have had so many miracles in my life that I, I, I'm sorry, but I can't think of one favorite day. <laughs> if it popped out, I would tell you. But I would say that I actually wrote a song recently called That Day. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, if I could see the lyrics of it, mm-hmm. maybe I could even pull up the lyrics Sure, go of right it. ahead. Um, so it, yeah, let me, because that would be fun to actually mm-hmm. share a song that I recently wrote, the lyrics. Absolutely. Um, and uh, go ahead. And while she's searching for that, uh, writing a song, folks, uh, not only does it bring out the story in you, but it also, at least for me, it gave me a greater appreciation for the music I was listening to, whether it was John Denver, whether it was the country music station that I listened to, or any anybody else that I happened to listen to, um, because the words sometimes don't come easy. Sometimes you have to search for them. Sometimes it does come easy. As I as I mentioned before, the first verse was was not a, a, a not a huge challenge, but still I had to think. Okay, well, where am I going to go with this? And then, of course, there was another experience where boom, three verses just flowed out. They just came right out. Uh, I, 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 as a matter of fact, I've heard this story so many times, um, I, I think it's my story, but it is not. Uh, Annie's song was written in 10 minutes on a ski lift. In 10 minutes. Amazing. Now, he says, uh, you know, he says, I wrote it and it was all up in my in my mind. Yeah. I had it yeah, all there. Ready to go. And as ready soon as I go. got back to the house, yeah. I grabbed my guitar and I played it for her yep. and she loved it. So, yeah. So there you go. So okay. take on the experience. Do you have? I found it. Excellent. I found it. I, I couldn't find it at first because I actually called this song Coming Home, but I'm, it's also called That Day. I like that. And the words are, that day, beneath the passing clouds, I saw a glimmer on the water. That day, I dug my feet into the sand and heard the heartbeat of the land. That day, I heard the children singing as I fell down on my knees to pray. That day, I felt my heart begin to open and the poets start to play. That day I fell in love with solid ground as words and music washed my worries away. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It, it <laughs> makes me think of uh, myself being out on the beach yeah. and just walking and just kind of taking it all in and, yeah, and whatever it. comes to mind. Yeah. That's you know, it. That's exciting. my favorite day. That day. There you go. <laughs> there it is right there, folks. Well, Emily, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am still listening.
I'm a good man doing the best I can I'm a good man doing the best I can Where I'm going is where I'm coming from Where I'm going is where I'm coming from Years ago I was talking to you on the phone I said some things I never should have said When I was done I knew I'd done you wrong But I'm a good man Doing the best I can Sometimes I look into the sky I think about Harry, John and Dan And what they might say About what it means to be a good man I'm a good man doing the best I can I'm a good man doing the best I can Where I'm going is where I'm coming
Where I'm going is where I'm coming from. Where I'm going is where I'm coming from. Where I'm going is where I'm coming from.